Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUIET at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And by The Great Courses Plus. Start learning about topics ranging from history to art and many more. Try it for free by visiting thegreatcoursesplus.com slash quiet. I'm Susan Kane, and this is Quiet, the Power of Introverts. Only one team left to skate, and it is the leaders after the short dance. Sochi, Russia, 2014. For the USA, Meryl Davis and Charlie White. The Winter Olympics are in full swing, and the Iceberg Skating Palace is crowded with fans lucky enough to get tickets for the finals of the ice dancing competition. Big moment. It's a sport long dominated by the Russians, and the host country's fans are hungry for a gold medal. But two American skaters have other plans. A handsome blonde man and his beautiful brunette partner execute a jaw-dropping routine, full of excitingly acrobatic lifts and step sequences, punctuated by moments of slow, quiet grace. Unknown to most people in the stands or watching on TV, this blend of showmanship and subtlety describes both the routine itself, but also the temperaments of the couple performing it. As it draws to a perfect close, the crowd, the judges, and the announcers know they've just witnessed something extraordinary. Oh my goodness me. They've been together for 17 years. This is the moment they've been waiting for. And look at that score. Unbelievable. They've taken this free dance to a completely another level. She couldn't believe it. What a reaction. Oh, wow. And yet, when Meryl Davis and Charlie White first began ice dancing together at the age of 10, they did not seem like an ideal match. As this ABC News profile during the Olympics noted, the young Meryl, a strong introvert, literally could not look her partner in the eye. You see how close they are now, but when Meryl and Charlie first started skating together, apparently Meryl was too shy to even look at him, so their coaches had to put a sticker on Charlie's forehead so that Meryl would have a place to look and not feel awkward, John. But Charlie was not offended. I think just the idea of uh, when you're, you know, a little boy and and you're supposed to not just hold hands with a girl but you know skate around and and be in in a position where you're directly face to face and it's kind of just embarrassing and you know I think it just took us a while to feel comfortable enough to sort of break through that barrier and um and really sort of get on the same page of course years of working together allowed Marilyn Charlie not just to get comfortable with each other but also to appreciate how their different temperaments played out on the ice This is Meryl today. You know, the way we express ourselves artistically, I think Charlie has been always been the more explosive skater. He's always been um, bigger in, in movement type, and I guess mine has always been smaller. The partners now embrace how their very different personalities infuse an artistic duality into their routines. That's been really one of the most beautiful things about our partnership and about skating is that we... We love what we do. We understand, respect, and, you know, understand one another, as I said, to a point where we can really just enjoy the day-to-day, um, which, which is definitely a gift when, when you spend so much time doing one thing. But 
Why would an introvert like Meryl take up something so public and high profile as Olympic ice dancing in the first place? In fact, why would any shy or quiet child get into sports, which by its very nature involves being judged and often failing publicly? But many quiet kids do immerse themselves in sports, and lots go on to excel professionally. I happened to be an avid figure skater as a child. I was never a threat to win an Olympic medal, but that's not why I did it. I just thought that it was beautiful, and I loved working hard to make something beautiful like that happen. When my mother couldn't drive me to the rink, I used to spend hours practicing my spins and jumps on the linoleum kitchen floor. I was really persistent and dedicated, and all those hours of work paid off, not so much in medals or applause as in self-esteem. And that's our topic today, how all kids, but especially quiet ones, can use athletics to achieve mastery a mastery that builds confidence and pays off for a lifetime. We're going to focus on sports, but the ideas in today's podcast apply equally to chess, science, music, or any other pursuit that kids love and devote themselves to. It doesn't have to be athletics. This is sort of a trophy case that my brother and I share of of chess and athletic uh, trophies. There are probably 50 here, I'd say. We competed in in a lot of different things when we were Younger. That's 20-year-old Jake Millman. The trophy case in his New York City apartment displays awards for soccer and tennis and even basketball. There's also a lot of chess trophies from when he toured the country playing tournaments as a young boy. Jake describes himself as an extreme introvert. We got to know each other after he read my book Quiet and then started a coalition for fellow introverts at his high school. Now a student at Princeton, Jake continues to advocate for quiet students. And when he looks at that trophy case, he does not see the story of things that he achieved in spite of his temperament. He sees proof that introversion gave him a competitive advantage. Discipline's obviously very important in academics, but also in sports. So the fact that like I'm okay with just like being alone and doing things over and over again to get it right and not getting bored or frustrated is def- definitely has helped in, in athletics as well. There's a term for this kind of focus. It's called deliberate practice, and introverts tend to be really, really good at it. When, when you're taking part in deliberate practice, you are practicing just beyond your comfort level. That's Jeff Bryan, a former All-American lacrosse player who worked to enhance his game at West Point Center for Enhanced Performance. The center trains West Point cadets in performance psychology to help them reach their full potential. So say um, you're a lacrosse player and it's easy to just throw a pass right-handed. Well, if you switch to your left hand and you're not quite as good and you keep working on that, those left-handed passes and you work on them from different angles and it's tougher for you and maybe you miss 20 or 30% of the time, you don't get it right in your target, that's deliberate practice. But you're stretching outside your comfort zone, you're right on the edge of what you're capable of doing and going beyond it and failing a little bit. But by failing and making those incremental changes, you're actually getting better and improving. I think most successful skaters tend towards perfectionism. That's Olympic ice dancer Meryl Davis again. For her, deliberate practice doesn't just take place on skates. I always enjoyed sitting at home and reviewing things on video by myself and just just taking note Um, and then approaching the next day with with those notes that I was able to make. and, And we would try to figure out what it was that we felt like we could do better and um, just 
really pushing that idea um, to the point where we were completely pleased. And I don't think that really happened until, honestly, probably the Olympic year. The trick here for parents and their quiet kids is finding the deliberate practice sweet spot. It's the kind of athletic challenge that's just hard enough to spur them on without being so hard that they get discouraged and give up. Of course, finding that sweet spot requires two other crucial things, a sport the child actually enjoys and a coach who understands her. We'll talk about both those issues in a moment, but first, this word from our sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by Squarespace. Can you think of a leading business or brand that doesn't have a website? It seems that everyone has an online presence these days, so it's a great time for you to take your business to the next level with a professional-looking website from Squarespace. Squarespace gives you all the tools you need to build a beautiful, user-friendly site, regardless of skill level. Their intuitive design makes building a website easy, no coding required. Better yet, you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code QUIET to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. This week's episode is also sponsored by The Great Courses Plus. Learning new things is one of my passions. I'm sure that's true for many of you, too. That's why I was excited to hear about the new The Great Courses Plus video learning service. With The Great Courses Plus, you get unlimited access to a huge library of The Great Courses lecture series in subjects ranging from science to history and many more. Learn cooking skills that are sure to impress your friends and family with the course The Everyday Gourmet. This course is a great opportunity to learn valuable culinary tips from a master chef. For a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering my listeners a chance to stream The Everyday Gourmet, a $235 value, and hundreds of other courses for free. But this free offer is only available for a limited time. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash quiet. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash quiet. I'm Susan Kane, and today we're talking about introverts and sports. We've seen how many quiet kids excel at deliberate practice, but no amount of hard work will help a child embrace a sport if he just doesn't like it in the first place. Some introverts, like Jake Millman with his soccer, excel at team sports, but for many, individual sports are more appealing. Master Philip Benson is teaching Taekwondo to a group of young students at his dojo in upstate New York. Although he's a black belt today, Benson didn't seem destined as a child to master a martial art. Uh, I was really sick growing up, a lot of health issues, and I was really, really quiet. Talk about introverted, I was, you know, I had trouble there. Master Benson tried other sports when he was young, but it wasn't until he discovered Taekwondo that things really clicked. It was the, the right environment for me. It was quiet. It was an individual sport that I could chart my progress with and play. Um, I had a culture to learn about. I had an experience. I had hierarchies, things that I didn't have to second guess. And it gave me that, that confidence of a system to kind of fall into uh, easily. For Master Benson, having clear benchmarks to hit and a culture to learn motivated him to make progress on his own. But plenty of introverts enjoy team sports too, even if that means learning to assert themselves in a group. Jeff Bryan remembers one talented introvert whose quiet style stood in the way of performing his best. 
we had a goalie who was definitely a quieter kid, and he was doing an amazing job of stopping the ball. But his job as a goalie is not just to stop the ball, but also to direct his defense. And he wasn't doing a good job of being loud and, and really taking command um, vocally on the field. And we needed him to do that. And I thought about the free trait theory. Uh, people being able to step outside their comfort zone. They're not just one type of person all the time. If they have something that they really want to do well, they can step outside of their comfort zone to do that. And so I just talked to him. I would warm him up every day uh, for practice and for games. And I just said, hey, listen, we need you to talk more. The defense needs you out there. The team needs you out there to be more vocal. Um, so it's just something you have to do for us to win games. And you know, slowly but surely he did that and the team just did great. And he ended up being a second-team All-Area selection, and he was voted team captain the following season uh, by his teammates. Jeff Bryan's story is not only about introverts working through uncomfortable situations, but also how a sensitive coach can make all the difference. Master Philip Benson, mindful of his own introverted childhood, is enormously patient when he has a quiet child in his class. When I see a, a child who's terrified to participate, but they're standing somewhere already, that's fine. They can stay there. And um, just because they're not with the group, just because they're not actually performing the actions that the group is doing, doesn't mean that they're not participating. They can be engaged mentally, and there are plenty of clues to to reinforce that. Um, Eye contact, emotive responses. If, If we're laughing, they're laughing. If we're serious, they're serious. And from the distance, they start to participate. And I like to buzz them when they're over there. So it's not like you put them over in a corner and you you ignore them. You address the class and you throw a comment back over that way. And you always give them the option through that to participate. This patience can pay off, says Master Benson. The student can get over his or her initial reticence. But he says it also depends on whether parents have the patience to let their kids get comfortable. And I see parents on both ends of the spectrum. I see really permissive parents, and I see really dismissive parents. So when you get a dismissive parent, they might say, oh, I, you know, I don't know what's wrong with Johnny. Johnny came in here. He said he wanted to do it. Now he's here. Now he's backing off. You know, what the, you know? And this is right in front of the, the child. Um, so any security that he had from leadership is now out the window, not to mention the fact that he also might feel a little empowered that he controlled the situation. On the other hand, you get the permissive parent, which says, oh, you know, Johnny Johnny doesn't want to be here, so we're just going to take off. And both of those param- you know, both of those uh, sides need patience because you need to stick to the course, whatever it might be. And that doesn't mean you have to go against the child's nature to do it. It just takes time. Skater, there is one minute remaining in this practice. It does take time. For ice dancing champions Meryl Davis and Charlie White, it took more than a decade for their hard work and patience to pay off. And the payoff wasn't just when they won gold in Sochi. The real payoff, says Meryl, is how satisfying, how fun the work is. Well, our temperaments are incredibly different now from, you know, the way they were at the start. And I'm much more outgoing now than I was when I was younger, much more comfortable. The way we are now and the way we have been for several years now, 
were very comfortable with one another <laughs> after 19 years. And so I think that whether it's a tough day, um, an easier day, we're always able to make light of it and, and have a great time. And after all, most of us, introverts or extroverts, will never win Olympic gold. But we can have a great time pursuing sports we love. My name is Jay, and I'm in second grade. Jay is a quiet guy, and his mom readily admits he's not a sports superstar and probably never will be. But if you want to hear what self-esteem sounds like, just listen to him. Basketball, I thought I was really good at shooting, and I had a really good strategy. And baseball, I liked hitting, too. And I liked kicking things, and my brother let me kick a ball a soccer ball, and then I kicked it in the goal, and he was like, you want to play soccer with me? And I was like, yeah, and then he loved it. Now it's that time in the show where I give you a few concrete tips for parenting or coaching quiet athletes. But first, if you're the parent of a quiet child ages three to nine, I'm so excited to tell you about a new online course we've created that I really think can change the way you parent your child. The course includes all kinds of interactive features, such as a tool to help you decide when and when not to press your child out of her comfort zone, and actual scripts you can follow for how to advocate for your child with people who say he's too shy. You'll also have the chance to interact with other parents of quiet kids. To check out the course, just visit learn.quietrev.com. Okay, now for today's tips. Number one, if your child plays team sports, Make sure they have time to practice alone or one-on-one with a coach, always focusing on skills just outside their reach. This technique is called deliberate practice. Psychologists believe that it's the key to developing mastery and excellence, and it just so happens that introverts are naturally good at it. Number two, don't be afraid to talk about your child's temperament with his coach. If your child responds better to gentle encouragement than to yelling, It's okay to find a coach who gets that and who will make the small adjustments that your child might need to thrive. Here's ice dancer Charlie White. I think a lot of introverts, they feel like, you know, they it's their responsibility to deal with their own problems and, and, and to come up with solutions because that's that's being self-sufficient. And while that's true, you know, you're paying a professional who has been in the sport and has the experience to help you with that. And number three, remember that although we've been talking today about sports, There are so many other pursuits where quiet kids can dive into deliberate practice and gain mastery, from robotics to the performing arts. In fact, it turns out that some of the world's best performers are introverts who have overcome their initial fears of the spotlight. And in a future episode, we'll hear actor Molly Ringwald talking about her own experience with this process. The key is to expose quiet kids to lots of different activities and let them gravitate to the ones they like best. So that's it for our show today. If you've enjoyed listening to Quiet, the Power of Introverts, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's one of the best ways to help other people find our show. Quiet, the Power of Introverts was produced by Carrie Hillman in partnership with Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. The episode was edited by Christy Miners and mixed by Jason Gambrell. Our music was composed by Alexis Quadrado. Special thanks to everyone at Quiet Revolution. Next week on Quiet, 
social media, and introverted kids, the pitfalls to watch out for, but also how your kids can use social media to build their confidence. Thanks for listening. I'm Susan Kane.